and welcome to Coffee and Catholics, a Catholic women's talk show podcast. I'm Stacy, one of your hosts, and with me I have... Hi, I'm Alicia. I'm Annie. And I'm Lauren. Hello, and welcome to Coffee and Catholics. Today we're going to start a discussion about the fruits of the Spirit. In the Catechism... Paragraph 1832, it states the 12 fruits of the Spirit, which are charity, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, generosity, gentleness, faithfulness, modesty, self-control, and chastity. In our previous episodes on um, the virtues, we kind of discussed about three of those we discussed generosity modesty and chastity so for this um, series on the fruits of the spirit we are going to focus on the nine that most people think of which are love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness and self-control for this particular episode today we are going to focus on love joy love also known as charity joy and peace I thought it might be cool to give, just before we start this series, we have always tended, when we do this, when we're starting a new discussion, to set up a sort of framework for when we're talking. And and with the fruits of the Spirit, that's super important because we need to understand what the fruits of the Spirit is. They're not to be confused with the gifts of the Spirit. Uh, There's the gift of piety and fortitude and all of these things. Those are separate gifts that the Holy Spirit gives us to enable us to live God's will. But the fruits of the Spirit are more evidences of God's will in our lives. Almost like um, when you look at a tree, when you, like Alicia was talking about one of her grapevines that she was growing, and she was talking about the different, the way that the fruit was growing and manifesting on the tree. And this analogy of a tree bearing fruit kind of harkens back to when Jesus was talking to the disciples about himself being the vine out of which we, the branches, grow, and how the branches cannot exist or get any nutrients or bear fruit without that vine which bears those nutrients that comes that comes out of the nutrients that the tree gets from below. So these analogies that, that Jesus uses and that the Apostle Paul uses, actually we, it would be really good for us to sort of look closer at that and to realize a couple of key principles. You can't muster up these fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. It isn't like a virtue that you step into and walk into. These are evidences that God is already working in you and it's coming out and you can see it. Once they come, we can choose to walk in them once they're there, but they aren't something that you have to put on a checklist to do. I need to, you know, manifest or do in my own power to create these things. And I think that's what we get wrong a lot of the time is that we take a look at these lists, like when we're reading through Galatians or the epistles and we say, there, I don't have any of that right now. I don't have any of it. But that's the wrong way to look at it. What we want to do, as the Apostle Paul tells us, is to ask for these things and to ask God to show up in our lives and to give him space so that these fruits can start to come out and be a help to us and be a joy to us. These are natural byproducts of the Holy Spirit's action in our life. And we get confused sometimes because 
some of these fruits correspond to natural human emotions. Like, for example, the, the, the most obvious one, there are others, but the most obvious one is joy and happiness. So we think, if I'm not happy, I don't have the fruit of joy in my life. God is not working in my life if I'm not happy. And you see these theological errors kind of seeping through our culture and even in Catholic, um, some, and sometimes in Catholic teaching and in Catholic circles. So we have to understand that these are not emotions. These are not emotions that we feel. Now, they do look like and sometimes correspond to different emotions that we feel. But the major difference between the fruits of the Spirit and our emotions is that our emotions are human-generated, and they're pretty dependent on what's happening around us, inside of us, even biophysically. And that's not what the fruits of the Spirit are. As as St. Therese says, you can have joy in a dungeon and in a castle. Joy is something that comes when the will of God is being done in our lives and when we're giving him the space to move. So just having these frameworks as we get started is going to help us because what we tend to do is we tend to veer off into a sort of performance thing. We do this all the time. You've probably heard us do this. We're like, well, I don't know if I'm doing joy right. No, that's not what we're doing here. (laughs) What we thought we would do is just get together and talk about our experiences with these fruits of the Spirit times in our lives where we've really seen them have their way, when we've seen more evidences of them, and then times in our lives where we weren't, and what happened there, and that sort of thing. So that's kind of what our series is. If you don't mind, I want to add something that um, when we're talking about the the fruit of the Spirit, um, we need to remember also that uh, it is actually fruit of the Spirit. It's a singular thing. We are given the whole, like, tree of fruit mm-hmm. not each of these separate things we're, we're not only given you know charity only given joy only given peace it's it is one giant tree uh this one giant like gift of this fruit of the spirit that is bestowed upon us and it's manifested in these different ways but it is a, it is a singular gift that is such an incredible point annie that is so true it is a tree it is our lord's life blooming in us and as we grow closer to him and give him more space we are going to begin to see an increase in all of these things that's such a feckin point i'm so glad you said that when i was uh looking at you know we were talking about this topic and i just kind of looked at um the difference between like why it came into my mind popped into my mind why is charity and love like the same thing um (laughs) and like why is it called that and so things so i was looking you know looking that up and i one of the things that came up, which doesn't really answer that question, but came up was one of the, uh, the way that in um, that charity is depicted traditionally in artwork is by a woman with small children, usually naked, because that's what art does, <laughs> and uh, usually nursing one of them. And it really struck me as a mother that this um, that that is how charity and love is was is traditionally portrayed in art and like in that this is we're talking about the love of god and like poured out through the holy spirit upon us and how in my life i have been able to under um so much more as a mother um and that giving that self-giving where you know my kids need me i'm not you know it's not that I'm completely, you know, arguing and playing, saying, why me? Oh, what was me? That free, when I'm truly accept, like, this is my vocation in life and my love for my, my family. Like, that's when I really see 
the love of God, like being like how I feel like to feel, to see, to understand the, the love of the Holy Spirit is, has been through that giving of self, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But just seeing that in the art, like it just kind of was like, it really spoke to me. It was like, oh, that's, that's how I understand love too. <laughs> it's like, that, that, mm-hmm. this is how it's shown. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the original word is charity. Love is an English derivative mm-hmm. of the general, the traditional understanding of love is self-donation. Mm-hmm. The only understanding of love from a Catholic perspective, certainly at least, maybe at all, is self-donation. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad you bring up like the, the language part in that too. Is I think that's a, you're talking about the emotions, but also being like confusing because mm-hmm. we're like, oh, we have to, if we're joyful, then we must be happy. But also our English language kind of like plays a role in that also. I was telling my Spanish students the other day, um, they were asking why there are these different words that basically kind of meant the same thing. And I was like, well, I go, in English we have the one word, but in a lot of other languages they have different words to be more specific about what they're talking about. And I said like even, I talked about the Bible and we talked about um uh, Jesus when he is talking to Peter and do you love me well yes Lord I love you and then he asks him again do you love me yes Lord I love you do you ask him again and so in English we're sitting here going okay Jesus is really you know, you know stabbing the knife in but he also uses three different types of love because yes. in the Greek it was three different words mm-hmm. and but in English it's love 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 and it's like mm-hmm. so but it meant so much more in the original, uh, not necessarily, but in the Greek, because mm-hmm. there were three different forms of love. And like the first one was like, you know, like human beings, like, do you love your fellow man? You know, mm-hmm. you're nice to them, you're kind to them. Yeah, I love you. And then it's like, oh, like family and friend, like your close friends, like, do you love me? Yes, I love you. And the other one was like a very, the last one was a very intimate type mm-hmm. of love. Mm-hmm. And so like, when we're talking about, you know, joy and peace, because like peace, when we think, you know, oh, you know, war and struggle and is the opposite of peace. But when we're talking about the fruits of the spirit, you can still have struggle and crosses to bear and to be peaceful yes. because God grants you that that His grace. Peace. His, His peace. peace that yes. he gives. Jesus says, my peace I give to you. So I think sometimes being, you know, the English language, we are these words mean so many different things that it's so hard to really comprehend what we're talking about when we say them. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's so good that we, that you started with the catechism because we can take our cues from the way that it's being used in our, in our faith to be able to apply that and to understand it better. Mm-hmm. Well, and like, I know that in, in my life, obviously I think just like everybody I'm sure everybody here everybody who's listening kind of you kind of struggle you go back and forth with it it's like in one area like one time in your life you're like oh like I feel like I'm loving the people around me very well and other times like oh I'm just I'm you know doing terribly right now at this but um I know one thing like I love that you said that the fruits of the spirit are gifts of the spirit kind of like manifesting mm-hmm. by like as evidence of how god is working in our hearts because um within the last few months i have been wondering like you know there i've had these difficulties that have come through my life but i'm not joyful 
you know, during those times. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not focusing on Jesus. I'm not, I don't have, like, this peace that comes from that joy. Like, I'm just so, so in it. Yeah. And I've wondered, like, well, what's wrong with me? Like, why can't I, like, produce this joy? And, like, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to produce it in myself. And I'm like, okay, well, what do I have? I have to do A, B, and C, I guess, to, to be able to get this joy. But I don't know how to do it. And so I think it's, it's maybe less of that and more of just, you know, growing in relationship with God, sticking with him, persevering in that relationship, and he will produce that in you is what I'm hearing. But that's interesting that you, the scripture that you quoted, which is literally my favorite passage of scripture ever, feed my sheep, feed my sheep. He says, that's the end of that. Mm -hmm. So he says, if you love me, feed my sheep, feed my sheep, feed my sheep. Three times he says this, feed and then this harkens back to what you were saying, Annie, about the artistic representation of charity being that of nourishment. So here we have this analogy carrying us through, even with the fruits of the Spirit, because what does fruit do? What is it for? To nourish, to feed. Why is the Holy Spirit creating these things in us? What is it for? It's to nourish us and the world around us. And there's this big word fecundity, which really just means this spiritual fertility of the Holy Spirit of God, where it continues to reproduce. And as we allow him to reproduce himself literally in our lives, to live his life again in us, this fecundity of the spirit starts dropping to the ground and spreading to people that we know and making rivulets. And that's the idea. So that I, it's so crazy. And this is a Holy Spirit moment in our podcast right now that both of you and you just chose feeding analogies here to, to, to explain the fruit of the Spirit, which is amazing. <laughs> like, I guess he picked the right analogy. That was good. Wait, go Jesus. Go Jesus. Or go St. Paul. Really. Well, and I will say this is something that I heard a while back. And, and I think there, there can be a danger in this a little bit because... I, I've heard it said, and I think it's absolutely true, that people can have peace in their sin. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Definitely. And so I think it's important that, because earlier on, when you, Lauren, when you were talking about this, you said that error can come into Catholic teaching. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that that's the case in dogmatic teaching. No, absolutely Or not. doctrinal teaching. I'm but in like circles. People, yeah, in circles, circles and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And so I think that people have to be careful with, you know, if you are living out your life and you're doing things that go against ch- church teaching, uh, you know, from scripture, from tradition, then, and you have peace with that, that's not necessarily a sign that, that is a gift as a spirit there. Mm. That's a deception. And so we have to make sure that that these gifts of the spirit are actually gifts of the spirit. Mm-hmm. But by making sure that we are looking to the church's teaching, because the church is the safeguard. Jesus gave it to the keys to the kingdom of heaven. He made sure that you know, what bound on earth would be bound in heaven, what loosed on earth would be loosed in heaven, that the gates of hell would not prevail against it. He promised that. So either he was telling the truth or he wasn't. Right. And so that's that's the the church's job is to safeguard the teachings Mm -hmm. of Christ that have been laid out in scripture and through the tradition of the church. And so we can look to the church then and make sure that our actions, our belief systems are are in line with that and therefore yeah. we are we are doing what it is that God wants us to do and those those that peace that we feel that joy that we feel or the way that we're loving people is coming from the spirit and not from something more sinister. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um in fact you're you're right on the money because uh St. Ignatius in his teaching on the discernment of spirits will tell you that for people that are in mortal sin 
that are not moving toward God, the enemy will create feelings of peace and calm mm-hmm. joy, and even joy yeah. mm-hmm. uh, because he does not want you to move. And when you start to move, then he starts to bite mm-hmm. at your heels a little bit to try and, you know, to make things difficult, but he doesn't make things difficult until you start to move. So mm-hmm. that that's so interesting. Yeah. Well, see, and I think that's one thing that, you know, you're talking about the feelings that our feelings can't necessarily be trusted. Like our right, feelings absolutely. say more about where our hearts are, yeah. but they don't necessarily have, they don't necessarily tell us objectively where we're at in our lives or what's going on outside of ourselves or um, that kind of a thing. And so, um, yeah, like we can't rely just on our feelings. Am I feeling peaceful? Am I feeling joy? Am I feeling right. these things? We have to look objectively. Am I following Christ in the way that he has laid out for me to, to, to live. Yeah, we have to take, and we have to look as our life conforming to the gospel, to the gospel definition of these, these fruits, to the Beatitudes, which are the actual walking out of these fruits, the things that these fruits create in us, the desires that these fruits create in us. Mm-hmm. Those two go really hand in hand. I don't think you can really talk about the fruits of the spirit without talking about the Beatitudes, but we're only doing three episodes of this, so we're going to have to be careful. Well, and really, while I was listening to you guys talk about, you know, that there's this, you know, possibility of experiencing joy and, and peace and, and while being in sin, we have to, if we also look at, are my actions that are bringing these feelings selfish or are they self-giving love because Mm -hmm. i think the root of these fruits is that self-giving love too Mm -hmm. so if we look at yeah i might feel peace right now because i chose all these things for myself to like make me feel better and to be like you know not disturbed and everything well that's you know were were you ignoring people who needed your help to Mm -hmm. attain that peace or now, or were you sacrificing something of yourself to help others and then feel peaceful? And well, yeah, and St. Therese says the definition of peace is wanting only the will of God. So if we apply what she says, then our definition of peace should be, am I resting in the will of God? Am I trusting that his will is, is, is what will be the very best way? to to live in my life the very best fulfillment of everything that i am even that's what the the biblical definition of peace would be Mm -hmm. a good resource i think for our listeners and i know for myself i need to read it again um if you're you know struggling with peace as i know i do is um the book by father jacques philippe searching for and maintaining peace i listened to it through the allo app once and i want to ever i tried to read it again I need to keep doing it because I know that I'm constantly struggling with finding peace uh, you know just amidst the just turmoil of everyday life and just accepting that um you know like that my view of peace is not necessarily the same as like you know what God is meaning through peace and like reconciling those um that you can have peace and still be you know feeling like a crazy person yeah, definitely <laughs> that, that doesn't you know that that doesn't necessarily mean that you don't have peace, you know? Yeah. Um, so I know that there's other people out there like that. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. I, that's a, so I'll link that in the notes as well for well, everybody. And since we're talking about kind of personal, uh, like how this has acted out in our lives, around, you know, probably after I read that book, 
we kind of had a thing in our family where there was a possibility that my husband for work was going to be moving and the kids and I were not going to be moving. And while that was, you know, caused, you know, like, I don't know, I don't really have the right words because it wasn't necessarily worry, but it was like not the ideal situation, if that makes any sense. But right. it was really funny because I had a lot of friends go, oh, how are you doing with that? And I was okay with it. Like, I felt like Pete, like this was, if that was what mm-hmm. God willed for our mm-hmm. family, then we would make it work. And I was all right with that. Now, I wasn't, I wasn't like necessarily all right, you know, like, oh, this is like the best thing ever. But I was like, you know, we'll make, we'll make it work. And I, I didn't feel anxious about it. I didn't yeah. feel like uptight or stressed out about it. It wasn't, you know, great, but it wasn't the end of the world either. Mm-hmm. So I think sometimes, you know, that when people think about peace, they think everything's just, you know, oh, it's finally all working out the way it's supposed to. And that's not necessarily the situation. It's, mm-hmm. it's accepting that, like Lauren says, accepting that, you know, you find peace in God's will and that this may be God's will for you at that time, even if it's not necessarily what you were wanting, if that makes any sense, but yeah. just kind of that acceptance. Yeah, I, our listeners don't know that I'm zooming in right now because we have the flu for the third time in two months. And like <laughs> that, you know, that accepting of like, this is, well, this is where we're at. And it's just, that is, you know, something that are, that we're just having to deal with right now. And it, it's stressful and you know some sense of having to like cancel different things but also just accepting like this is not not that illness is god's will but like this is what you know that the whole phrase it is what it is you know (laughs) um i find that like when i have kind of that that mind for mindset of things like this is just we just deal with the punches as they come i tend to like i accept like this is whatever happens whether it's, you know, good or bad, God will use it for good yeah. in some way. Yeah. Well, and I think that's one thing that the, I've, I've, listened, I've heard people say before that, like, this, we've, us modern people, has for, have forgotten what the saints used to know. That things going well in our lives is not actually the rule. It is actually the exception. Yeah. That life mm-hmm. is, and I mean, Jesus promised, we are going to struggle, we are mm-hmm. going to have difficulties. The rule is that life is hard. Yeah. That you're going to have things that just seem unfair. You're going to have heartbreak. You are going to suffer. That is the rule in life. The exception is life is when things are going, everything's going well, or the majority of yeah. things are going well. That's just how it is. And so I think as modern people, we forget that and we go, oh, well, you know, things are going great. I can be happy. I can be joyful. I can be at peace. And then everything falls apart. You go, well, why? Why is it? Because it's supposed to, I'm supposed to be happy. I'm supposed to be joyful. Actually, no, that's not the way it was. And the saints knew that so that even when they were dealing with persecution and, you know, um, just dealing with horrible things, extreme difficulties in their lives, they knew I can still be so close to Christ that even in this difficulty, not even necessarily in spite of it, but because of it, because God, I know that God is allowing me to go through it for some reason, and I can trust in him through this process, that I can be joyful, that I can be peaceful, that I can, I can still love my neighbor, and I can still choose to love God by showing up for him every single day. While we were talking, I thought about, um, I just recently, I'm a little bit behind, uh, started watching The Chosen, 
And so, um, in one of the scenes the other day, brought up this Bible verse that I was like, oh, this is, this sounds like it goes perfect here. But Luke chapter 12, starting at verse 22, um, and he said to his disciples, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life or what you will eat mm-hmm. or about your body and what you will wear. For life is more than food and the body more than clothing. Notice the ravens. They do not sow or reap. They have neither storehouse nor barn, yet God feeds them. How much more important are you than birds? Can any of you, by worrying, add a moment to your lifespan? If even the smallest things are beyond your control, why are you anxious about the rest? Mm-hmm. It's a mic drop for Jesus right there. <laughs> but I think, I think people can read that and go, well... You know, like there have been times that I've gone hungry. There have been times that I've gone without where it was God then. Mm -hmm. But again, God can allow great suffering in our lives. Mm -hmm. But he will show up in the way that we don't necessarily know we need him. Mm -hmm. And it can be difficult in that moment. I've had those difficulties too where I'm like, God, I'm not seeing you right now. I am not seeing you. I am suffering so deeply. And I don't, it feels like you're not here right now. So how are you providing for me right now? Mm-hmm. And there have been times that then I have separated myself from him and I've mm-hmm. stopped going to him. But inevitably, like it just by continuing kind of very, very imperfectly trying through to kind of fight through that or whatever, persevere my faith and, and, and again very, very poorly, like as minimal as possible. You know, it's that mustard seed. God starts building me back up and he starts building me back up and I can start seeing him kind of working in it again. And that, oh, like, you know, and I see maybe even if I didn't see it right in the moment, I can see down the road, okay, this is where God was. Or this is where he, he was knocking at the door. He was trying to get a hold of me, but I was so closed off from him because I was so focused on my suffering and I didn't trust him. I wasn't allowing him in. I wasn't answering that knock. So, and it goes, that's, same chapter goes on, start, so skipping a couple verses, but then the verse 30. All the nations of the world seek for these things, and your Father knows that you need them. Instead, seek his kingdom, and these other things will be given you besides. Do not be afraid any longer, little flock, for your Father is pleased to give you the kingdom. And then he talks about selling your belongings, but what I really like is the very last um verse 34 of that little section for where your treasure is there also will your heart be mm-hmm. and so and if our treasure is the lord then our hearts are are honed in on heaven right? Therese again there says that and it doesn't mean that you won't have struggles i mean look at job like he had lots of struggles yeah. <laughs> yeah. and um but there's still gonna be crosses to bear you're not always gonna not everybody will have enough food to eat or enough shelter or but we're asked to continuously put our focus and trust and love towards god even in our adversities and i think if we really set out on this journey to union with god and when, when our when our goal is like jesus when the father's will which is to be united with us you can't read the last discourses, which I encourage you to do during Lent. Please do. John 14 through 21. You can't read those and not hear the aching desire of Jesus to be one with us, to be constantly with us, 
That's the will of the Father. So for if you earnestly set out to make your will his own, Lord, I want union with you more than anything else, just like, because I know that's your will and I know that's the will of the Father. All of a sudden, along the way, as our heart becomes enlarged because of its presence, we start to be able to see him showing up, like Alicia was talking about, and acting, so that when these things come, like Stacy's talking about, it's easier to move into a place of love and joy and peace, those, those fruits that we're discussing today, and to trust him with that in the middle of those trials because he's shown up before. It doesn't start off that way. Like Alicia was saying, there's been times like you, you pull away right. and then you come back. But, the you know, kind of the purpose is to keep coming back. Yes, like, that is the only purpose. Yeah. Begin again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep on coming. So we fall and we get up and we try again. And we, you know, and, but then the more we persevere, we'll start seeing ourselves falling less. Yeah, things get a little bit more even in our hearts as we watch God show up. And then it's also good to remember, too, with all of this, the most important thing in the Christian life is not what you're doing. It's what God is doing in you. Yes. And I think we, we're just Americans, man. And we're just like, okay, what do I need to do to achieve union with God? And, and the angels are just laughing. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, oh, my gosh. Like, you're such an idiot. And Jesus is like thumping his head against, you know, his altar. He's like, come oh, on, No, this is not an achievement. This is not a checklist. This is about me being so desperately in love with you that I had to find a way to get inside your blood. Like, this is the greatest love story, the greatest romance. That's what we need to think. So when we're talking about the fruit of the Spirit, we're just talking about making more space for God so that that natural nourishment can flow from that vine out to the branches to create this stuff in our lives because that's just what happens. Mm-hmm. Well, and I will say there's, there's one um, example of this in my life that I think I've talked about this before, but... I had somebody in my life that was really struggling with their faith, but also struggling in many other ways and really suffering. And at this point, I had been more growing in my faith. And, you know, I had all the, I guess, maybe those fruits, that joy, that love, that peace and all that stuff. And I wanted this person to know so badly. And so I was pushing and pushing and pushing relentlessly. Mm -hmm. And this person was getting mad Mm -hmm. and felt like I was being condescending and judgmental, even though I was coming from a place of loving this person. But, like, I felt like that's what I was supposed to do. Like, this is how I love this person. This is how, like, I, I feel peace with this. But no, like, that's that's not what I want. I should have been doing. And God let me know in no uncertain terms, stop. <laughs> like, you need to back off. And once I started doing that, as difficult as that was, you, we were talking about, you were talking to Stacy earlier about that sacrificial love. It hurt to back off because I felt like I wasn't doing anything for this person. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I wasn't loving the person in the way that I ought to. But then when I finally listened to God, I really backed off and I just started praying mm-hmm. and trying to show the person that I love them, not by talking to them and demanding that they pray more or that they do this or do that, but just being there for that person the best that I could in my actions and, and my quiet. Mm-hmm. I love that. I started seeing this person grow little, little by little in their faith. And, and all of a sudden, like, that, that hurt was actually profoundly beautiful 
I was I loved that I hurt for this person mm-hmm. because that was truly loving that person. I had a joy with that. I had a peace with that, with hurting for that person. And so I think that's, you know, again, going back to, you know, like, are we, do we have these feelings or whatever? Can we trust these feelings that we have? I had the feeling of loving that person. I had the feeling of like, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm at peace with what I'm doing for this person or for, quote unquote, for this person by pushing and pushing. But that wasn't what God wanted me to do. I was not mm-hmm. following God in that. And then again, I backed off and it hurt. Mm-hmm. At least the in this. Hurt. At, the, at <laughs> this. Yeah. It hurt. At this, like, for this particular thing. I'm not saying all, you know, everything. Every time you hurt, it's good. But in my particular situation, when I felt it hurt, that's when I knew that, oh, wow, I'm really loving this person right now because I'm, I'm dying for this person. Mm-hmm. And so. I was just going to say that I have a shirt that says, choose joy. And um, I like to wear it on days that I really do not feel joyful. Yeah. (laughs) On days when I wake up and I'm just like really grouchy. And um, I'll pick that shirt even though I don't really want to. But it reminds me that that I have to, you know, make that step and ask for the fruit (laughs) from the Spirit. Ask for that help in being joyful. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's not just a matter of how I'm feeling but it's a matter of making that choice. And to accept it. Because the gift has mm-hmm. already been given, you know? I mean, and then there's it. other times that I look through my wardrobe and I'm like, I am not wearing that shirt because <laughs> I do not want to. <laughs> so, you know, sometimes I don't choose it either. So in our next episode, we'll continue this discussion about how the fruits of the Spirit are working in our lives. And as always, thank you for joining us. Thanks. Thank you. Join us again next week. Until then, may God bless you and may Mary accompany you. Coffee and Catholics is a proud partner of the Smart Catholics Podcast Network. Find new shows to love, like-minded Catholics, and join the community at smartcatholics.com. Instead of coming up with another thing, no, otherwise no, I, think I, I think it fine. might just be. I think it was covered. Milton with the stapler so and off his Thank you for listening. We do not own the rights to the last two songs in this little blooper bit at the end. Have a great week.